Episode 9 of Han Talks First. Welcome. This is the podcast you're looking for. In case of those of you who don't know why I say that, um, visually I'm doing the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, mind trick. Um, so that's what that means. This is the podcast you're looking for. Can't do his voice, obviously, but I try. Okay, so this is the Last Jedi Discussion Part 2. Numero dos. If you haven't heard part one yet, go watch it or listen so you can uh, be all caught up. However, this doesn't pick up anything where anything leaves off during that episode, but I'm just going to kind of add on to it. Uh, last time I was joined by my friend Zen. He's not here today. It's just me, uh, mainly because I have been wanting to do this uh, episode for myself, really, to kind of collect my thoughts about this movie and um, get them all out there and kind of make a a more educated, uh, thoroughly looked at um, analysis of this of this movie. And I'm going to do the same for all of the other films. Um, so it's not like I'm trying to just shit talk the Last Jedi. Uh, I'm going to do this for every movie. This one's just very complicated, and there's a lot going on. And so I'm going to kind of break it all down. Uh, I'm going to begin by telling everyone thanks for listening, and I hope you're enjoying the content. Uh, continue to reach out to me and give me some uh, episode ideas, and we'll uh, go from there. And share with me, with me your Star Wars story. So, like I said, there's a lot going on in this movie, but I'm going to keep it simple and break it down into seven sections. And these are the seven sections I really want to dive into. So I'm just going to do a quick overview. Um, number one is Luke Skywalker. Number two is Canto Bite. Number three is Snoke. Four is Rose and Finn. Number five is Leia Skywalker. Number six, The Resistance. And number seven, Rey. So, let me first tell you about my opening thoughts, my initial thoughts after viewing this movie twice in a row. So, the first time, I've, I've said this many times, the first time I was kind of like, my breath was taken away, I was speechless in a negative way, and I really didn't, I didn't comprehend what I had just watched, because it was something completely unexpected and not in a magical sense. Um, but I I honestly had no thoughts. I, I was just like, I don't think I like that movie, but I wasn't 100% sure. So I decided to go into it the next day with a a different uh, expectation, uh, looking, going in it from a different point of view, as Obi-Wan would say. <laughs> and, um, well, when... I'm trying to think. There was something else I wanted to say about it, the first showing. But, oh well. So the second time, I decided to go in with a completely, uh, like a, a visual look, uh, take on it. Uh, I wanted to go in not thinking about how much I love Star Wars and how much I know about this material and how much it means to me. So I went in with more of a, a general audience perspective. And I I did and this time I actually got to sit and observe some of the other audience members reactions because the first seating I was just so focused on myself and how I was reacting and shocked by that. So this time I got to watch how other people were reacting and they had pretty much the entire theater had similar reactions as me apart from the older group who's a general audience goer. Uh, the general audience 
uh, goers were they were laughing at the jokes and ooing at the spectacles and all that kind of stuff. And so the general people, general moviegoers, they, they did enjoy this movie from what I could tell. And, um, but the people around me who were star Wars sweaties and hardcore fans, they were, um, in the same, uh, feelings as I were, you know, they were shaking their heads. They were, kind of they were, they were laughing because they felt like they had to and i don't i it was glad to see that i wasn't the only one feeling this way because i thought wow this is going to be the first movie i i don't like from star wars is that even possible um but so like i said i went in looking at it from a, a visual perspective and i did enjoy the visuals um however when i saw it a third time I started to dislike the visuals, and I'll go into that a little bit more later. But again, before I jump into the first part of this uh, discussion, I, I'm really going to try and go into this as respectfully as I can and with <laughs> any empathy that I can, <laughs> because I, I, really, I really do not like this movie, and but i want to i want to know why myself so honestly if you if you don't care about listening to what i have to say about it just just don't listen you know i'm not going to shit talk it and i'm not going to shit talk the people that love it i'm just i'm just going to give you my thoughts i'm mainly doing it for myself so i can just kind of focus on it and accept it into my canon of star wars so let's jump into number 1 luke skywalker it was when I saw The Force Awakens, I thought the movie was so, it was so good and so well-crafted and the story was good and the characters were strong. I really didn't realize that Luke really wasn't in the movie. And then until that last, um, that last sequence when <clears throat> Ray meets him on Octu, And at that moment I was like, oh wow, this is, this is gonna be great. And then the movie ended. I was like, oh my gosh, like, can't believe it's already been like two and a half hours. Um, but what I'm saying is the story in um, The Force Awakens it kind of it respected that Skywalker story well enough that I didn't I wasn't I wasn't too focused on whether they whether it was handled well because it, it was and I I didn't have to see Luke to buy into the story that was revolving around trying to find him. So everybody knew that The Last Jedi was going to be about Luke Skywalker. And so that's what all of us were mainly looking forward to, right? Ray and Luke. How are they going to, what are they going to do? How's, we, all, we all knew they were going to train, right? Because it's very similar to Empire when <clears throat> Luke and Yoda, obviously. And I don't know. I was ready. Everyone in the theater was ready. We saw him, and the first thing he does is he tosses away his lightsaber. <clears throat> and I had such I had such an issue with that. Now it's not because it's not because I'm. I guess what's the word? It's not because I'm spoiled, and I've seen Luke with a lightsaber before, and I want to see more. I can see why. Luke wouldn't want his lightsaber back or why he wouldn't want anything to do with the Jedi or the force. I get that, but I think the execution of it was terrible and off tone with the whole saga. So, and I'm, I mean by him tossing it over his shoulder in a very comedic way, a very physical humoristic way. And it, did not match anything we'd ever seen before. We kind of already got a glimpse at the beginning with the Poe telling mama jokes to General Hux. <clears throat> and that kind of set us up to get ready for what to expect the rest of the movie. But everyone just thought, <laughs> it's just a little bit of bad writing at the beginning. It's okay, we're going to get back into Star Wars. But no, that's what the entire movie was. It was just slapstick humor. And uh, it was like watching The Three Stooges. It's that's what this is. It's not a sequel to Episode Seven. The Last Jedi is a sequel 
to the Three Stooges movie that came out a couple years ago. And Luke Skywalker is the long lost brother who was left on Octo as a baby. And <laughs> uh, it, it was, I was just so upset. And at that moment, I knew <laughs> I'm not going to like this movie. Not at all. Um, and what's really funny is how everyone, like the, the company, Disney, Lucasfilm, uh, director, writer, producer, everybody, they, um, they all, they'll say that, you know, everyone's so butthurt about Luke's treatment in The Last Jedi because, but they have, they have to move on because it's not about the Skywalkers. It's not like that story's been told. Move on. We're talking about new things and new people and stuff like that. And we can't we got to move on from the Skywalkers. Our story was told. Well, if if that's the case, why did you make him such an important character in The Last Jedi? This entire movie was focused around Luke. Episode 7 was all about getting to Luke. So that's what this it's the Skywalker saga. The episodical movies, those are about Skywalkers. I mean, we even have Ben Solo. So don't tell us to move on from that because it's part of the same story. You can you can move away from that in Rogue One and Solo and all these anthology uh, stories, but it, you got to stick with you got to stick with the characters. You got to respect it and you got to follow this this template. I mean, there's just, there's a design to these movies and how they're told and woven together, and it all started with the original Star Wars. It, that movie was made in the editing uh, with um, Marsha or Martha Lucas, George's <clears throat> wife at the time. She she saved that movie because it could have been really bad. And but the way it was told, the way these non-linear stories were told in a linear fashion, and the the cut times and the parallels and the uh, the rhythmic patterns of some of these storylines, it's it's all about how you craft it and. Uh, they completely disobeyed those laws of physics in The Last Jedi and completely tried to rearrange it, and the tone was completely off, so it didn't feel like a Star Wars movie. <clears throat> I it, I really don't even consider it a Star Wars movie. It's kind of a really big-budget fan film. As Ryan said over and over, it's i got to make the movie I want to make. I don't want to worry about the fans. That's, that's nice and all. You can do that. I mean, there's tons of movies and stories out there you can tell and have that freedom. But when you're looking at a franchise, um, that's, that's especially with something like star Wars, that's for fans. Uh, you gotta, you gotta make it for them. George said it himself. Like we gotta make, he even said, I made this movie for my kids. He didn't, of course it was about, you know, his own thoughts and ideology and the way he views life and stuff. But he knew he was telling a story for somebody. And he respected that. He loves the fans. He tries to engage as much as he can. And Ryan disobeyed that. He did, didn't even try and listen to Mark Hamill when he approached him about this. You know, he pretty much shut him down and was like, we have to tell the story we're going to make. I really don't think Ryan Johnson respects the fan base at all. Um, and my proof of that is recently on Twitter... He made a tweet uh, referencing something in Game of Thrones. I don't watch the show, but he said something like, "Oh, I had a real he, after the episode. Dang it, I have a, I had a really sick so and so theory, uh, some something like that." And he was mocking those people that had theories about Luke and Snoke and whoever from Episode Seven, the stuff that was set up and that we were supposed to have delivered in this movie or episode nine and he's he was mocking them that's that's not the way to do that you know, i mean that's the most and he does it in a way where it's he can't really get in trouble for it or it's very passive aggressive extremely passive aggressive and it just shows how he doesn't really appreciate the fandom and doesn't care about it and he literally went in and just did it all for himself you know and uh that's that's not what we need. <clears throat> it's uh, I mean, especially like Marvel wouldn't do that. You know, they have all the source material that they have to respect, and a fandom that they have to deliver for. And it, it is fan service. A lot of people throw that term out there in a negative connotation, but fan service is the way you make money. That's how Hollywood works. 
So why would you want to, you know, subvert that? <laughs> That's what this movie is. It's a lot of people say subverting expectations. So I might say it a lot. I'm going to try not to because I know it's annoying. But that's that's what it is. So Luke, yeah, completely cut himself off from the Force. Doesn't want to be a Jedi. Um, what else happened to him? He uh, he spoke a little bit about Palpatine. That was kind of cool, um, which showed he was studying whatever. Um, he embraced his dark side. He tried to kill Kylo at one point. You know, during the school days. Um, let's see. He wants to help Ray. He wants to burn the books. He wants to help Ray. He wants to forget about it. He wants to teach Ray, but he doesn't want to teach her about the dark side. It's like, dude, this guy's so he, like he was on this island for so long. He went insane, and he's now bipolar. Like he doesn't no idea what he wants. Um, and he says he went there to die, almost as if he was going to kill himself. Was that the was that what that was supposed to mean? I don't know. But anyway, uh, if, I mean, you can look at it this way. That's not Luke Skywalker. <laughs> it's it's his, uh, his identical twin brother, Jake, Jake Skywalker. A lot of people have said that, and I think that's hilarious. I think even Mark Hamill said that. I think it was Mark Hamill in the press tour right before the movie. He said, this is Jake Skywalker. Uh, so that's kind of funny. But it's true. It, it felt so off-character, not only for the audience, but also for the actor. Now, I do believe part of the problem why most of the audience thinks the same way is because Mark Hamill spoke out about it before the movie came out. You know, he is a front-runner, and he is also a... a uh, He's a brand ambassador, one of the biggest ones for Star Wars. He really interacts with the fandom. So when he says something about the movie, people are going to believe it, and they're going to worship it, you know? If he says Luke was treated badly, people are going to go into it and see what happens. And everybody, oh, yeah, it was treated badly. It's kind of like not even getting a chance to form their own opinion. That's part of the problem of this movie. Um, however, you know, I, I felt the same way after. When I heard him say that before the movie came out, I was like, oh, he's just he's just an old man. You know, he's he can't move up, keep up with the times. It's OK. You know, we forgive him. It's just he has to get used to modern day movie making, storytelling. But then I saw the movie. I was like, wow, he's 100 percent right. You know, he's not he doesn't have dementia. He he was really hitting the nail on the head. But um, yeah, Luke, I'm going to get more into that when I get to the Ray part, because that kind of interweaves itself. Uh, number two is Canto Bite, um, which is um, a uh, prequel, uh, prequel-esque wet dream. <laughs> That's what Canto Bite is. I mean, what was that? It served, uh, I understand world building, right? Going around in new places. That's what Star Wars is. But um, what the hell? Canto Bite is, first of all, they, they went there to fetch a master code breaker, which is like such an elementary school, like <laughs> phrasing to call somebody get a master code. I'm a master code breaker. Like, uh, you wouldn't hear that in like a born movie. You know, it's just, it's kind of just the name itself is cheesy, but anyway, they go there to find him so that they can, I don't even remember. I, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Sorry, bear with me, but, Anyway, they're looking for him, and the only tip they have is that he's wearing a red, red palm bloom, red plum bloom. I have no idea. It's some kind of uh, um, shirt earring. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> a shirt, a shirt earring, and um, and yeah. So and then they find him. Uh, I forget what happens. They get like arrested or something for parking on the beach. And it's like, well, first of all, why do they park at the beach? Like, it's not like you have to be sneaky. It's not like a, a first order base. It's th that place was literally a gray area of people who weren't involved with the war. They were just making, they were, uh, <clears throat> they were just making the the tools or funding it. They, they really have no sides. So I don't understand why they were trying to be sneaky. They should have been welcomed. And they just parked on the beach. Uh, why would you... If you're in a hurry <laughs> for something, if you, like, 
if you're like uh if you if you're like diabetic and you need sugar and you don't have anything at your house right because your insulin's low so you need sugar to get yourself up and you run to the store uh to go grab like uh an orange juice or something you don't park at the farthest parking space in the Walmart parking lot and <laughs> to to walk all the way to the doors to grab your OJ. No, you park as close as you can so you can get there quicker. So if they're in like this major hurry to keep their their military from dying, wouldn't you park as close as you can to wherever you need to be and not like really far away on a beach, uh, especially with the chances of your ship being like washed away or um i uh, i don't know um anyway um yeah so they got arrested for that but they're looking for this guy and then they can't get to him because they were arrested so they find some random guy named dj who i like benicio del toro but i I didn't like whoever the hell this guy was (laughs) that What was that? Why did he talk like a baby? A a baby with LD who was uh, taking speech classes or something. It's just so weird. It just didn't match. I don't understand. Um, A lot of people say that should have been... uh, What's his face? Lando there, which uh, honestly would make sense. He's a swaggy guy, and you know I can see him being there. But at the same time, we we didn't need to go there. No. I mean, I... I don't even remember what he did when he came back. He broke into a door, right? But don't, I'm, I'm sure, like, the resistance has some, like, uh, explosives or something, right? Can't they just bomb in? Or, like, what they did last time, they got Phasma to open the door? Why don't you just hijack someone there um, as a, a captive and then um, force them to open the door? Like, just like get on with it. It was just... It was a stupid side mission. You know, I I didn't care for it. Um, And also that little thing, that little little alien thing that was, like, drunk, um, that was Mark Hamill, for anyone who didn't know. He wanted to play a mocap creature really bad, so he got to do that one. And um, honestly, that was probably the best part of uh, that that sequence. And BB-8's got a gun now. He shoots coins. So that's that's a thing. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to talk about Canto Bite anymore. I just I, I just don't see a point with that. You know, it's there's nothing there that I would redo or justify because it's it's just a stu- oh actually I <laughs> I forgot about the uh, the animal rights uh, message and theme running along there. That's the only reason why Ryan wanted to go there. So Ryan Johnson, the director, he, because he wanted to tell his little. Theme about how much he loves animals and we should, you know, protect them. However, <laughs> the slave children, you're, they're okay, right? They were the ones that we actually saw getting beat, right, and whipped around and forced to work. Like, uh, they don't care about child labor laws. So, but it's got to save that that little um, uh, humanoid dog horse hybrid creature. <laughs> No idea what that was, uh, but they they rode that horse down the old town road, and uh, they rode till I can't no more. Um, I'm gonna take my dog horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm in Canto Bite for no reason at all. Oh, now I'm just now I'm just rambling. Anyway. Canto bite. Um, they saved the the things, which we didn't need to see at all. <laughs> Waste of my time. <laughs> and I watched it. I watched this movie three times. So, <laughs> okay, let's move on to number three, which was Snoke. <clears throat> the infamous Snoke theory. Who is he? Where did he come from? Who is your daddy? And what does he do? We didn't play that game, so uh, we know nothing about Snoke. We didn't know how he became to power, where he was hiding all these years during the prequels and original trilogy, and, you know, we didn't learn anything about his daddy and what he does, so he was just kind of there, which kind of sucks. You know, 
in prep for this movie's release, the director was talking about how much everyone's Snoke theory was bad. and He's got the key to it all, right? <clears throat> he didn't even give us a theory. <laughs> he literally just got rid of him. And the justification for that is that he uses Palpatine as the same example. He was like, well, we didn't get any explanation for Palpatine, and he was just killed off. <clears throat> right. But Palpatine wasn't a main character at all. Vader was the main character of, uh, in the, on the bad side. So we, we uh, got to relate to him. Uh, Snoke was the main character bad guy in this set of movies. And during The Force Awakens, it was expected that he was going to have a role in finishing training Kylo Ren. And he had equal screen time to all the other characters in this movie. So he is a main character. And you have to respect the main characters. We, we don't just... When Agent Coulson died in the Avengers movie... Yeah, it was unexpected, and it was a, a noble death. Um, but no one was really pissed off about it because we we knew what he had to do to get to that point. You know, um, I honestly would have been fine with him killing Snoke. I mean, that, you have to do that because that's just how Disney movies work. The bad guy dies and the good guy wins, right? And they get the girl, but. <clears throat> we studied more about Snoke in The Last Jedi than we did Kylo Ren. And so now we're supposed to, I guess, fear Kylo Ren more? Why on earth would we do that when we when Snoke was given more screen time? He had more dialogue. He had uh, more shout-outs. Like, people would, in the movie, would r reference Snoke a lot. So, like... No one really referenced Kylo. Nobody thinks Kylo is a threat. <laughs> in The Force Awakens, he was pretty badass. You know, he had a great introduction with the the blaster bolt freeze and uh, the interrogations and uh, his anger, his, his, you know, pressure points. Um, but this one, he really didn't do anything. He smashed his helmet and he held Ray's hand. Um, I, I just... We, 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 we don't know anything about him either, honestly, but... Anyway, Snoke was handled terribly, and that's my defense when Ryan says that we did this to Palpatine. Well, Palpatine, again, wasn't a main character, and we all knew that he had to die because everyone was talking about it. you know. Um, and that was all about Vader's redemption, and the only way he can do that is by killing his master, which is the leader of the Empire. The whole plot of the movie was to destroy the Empire, right? So we knew that the Empire had to die. There, and Palpatine is a representation of the Empire, so he must die. In these movies, it's all about trying to find Luke Skywalker, right? We didn't talk. Nobody said they want to destroy the First Order. Well, they said we're the spark that's going to light the First Order's ass or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, I think I'd, I've explained that enough. I'm going to move on to number four, my favorite, <laughs> Rose and Finn. Uh, where do I start with this stupid pairing? First of all, who is Rose? What? I really, 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 really do not like that character. And she is the canto bite of characters in this movie. She didn't need to be there. There's no reason at all. If you cut out everything with Rose, the story still makes sense. And it's still, you could still um, get every beat and know how, and know, and just follow the story. That shows how of little importance this character is and why she doesn't need to be there. <clears throat> I'm having fun with this, guys, but I, sometimes my strong opinions of the movie come out and it sounds like I'm you know, being a little rude, so I'm sorry for those of you who do like it and like Rose. You know, I, I do like Kelly Marie Tran. I think she's rad. Um, however, the character, it was written badly. It was written terribly. Her and um, I didn't like uh, her costume, her hair, um, and the the love connection she was going to have with Finn. It just it makes me cringe every, every time I think about it. Um, and you could see the look on Finn's face. He even he was like, 
um, what is going on here? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm with Poe, like, back off, girl, back off, sister, you know, but, um, so Rose and Finn, they go off on the side mission, which would, which would have been a really great, like, um, I don't know, short animated, uh, feet thing by Disney, like, if they wanted to do that, but it didn't belong in this movie, um, uh, Finn is separated from everybody. He had no growth in the Force Awakens. He, I think, he was the strongest character. You know, we got his background. We got um, a little bit about who he is. We saw that he wants to run away, and at the same time, he also wants to redeem himself uh, for the things he's done. And he wants to be a part of something, but he's scared to do it because of how he was already a part of the First Order. So he's scared of that commitment again. But Ray is uh, someone who inspires hope in him and um, helps get him to that realization. So I really thought we would see him in a position of power in the resistance in this movie uh, when he wasn't. <clears throat> he, um, he woke up in his giant wet condom and <laughs> giant used condom. And, um, yeah, that was supposed to be the original opening of this movie. Him waking up in the bag of urine. <clears throat> and, uh, I just, that could go too. You can honestly take out Finn in this whole movie, and the movie still works. Well, it doesn't work, but you can, you can follow. <clears throat> um, he was supposed to have a really strong relationship with Poe, and I didn't really see their kinship in this one. You know, they're supposed to be really good buddies, um, and they're going to get married um, <laughs> in episode nine. <laughs> um, storm pilot all the way. <clears throat> but, um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I, I have more to say about finish. can't remember it right now. Let's move on to number five, which is Leia Skywalker. Leia, she, uh, again, another character that you have to respect if you're going to tell these stories. Um, a lot of people have the problem with her using the Force to fly through space. Uh, a lot of people have uh, a problem with, uh, what else was it? You know, her decisions in the movie, such as giving power to um, Haldo. Um, and just the the whole common sense of the movie, how nothing really makes sense. But into in in response to the Princess Leia flying through space scene, I do want to say that I I can see where that could have been a good idea. Uh, and hear me out. So <clears throat> we have a strong force sensitive woman of Skywalker lineage um, who has given birth to another strong Force-sensitive user, Kylo. So that means the Force within her is strong to be able to do that. And so the potential is there, right? However, the reason why it threw people off and it was cringy and just stupid to watch is because we saw no setup. It just out of nowhere, she was able to use the force. I think that could have been executed well if they showed her um, in training, trying to uh, maybe reading some Jedi texts or having force training like Luke did in A New Hope. Uh, Just or even a mention of how she really has to get back and do some more training with Luke when he returns or something. Or her telling Ray, go to Luke. He'll train you like he trained me. That would have been, oh, it would have been so perfect. Um, or just her using the Force to lift up uh, something and uh, like a blaster and give it to Poe or something. Like something really quick, subtle, or just a mention. And then we know, okay, she has a potential. She is Leia Skywalker and she can, you know, she's an honorary Jedi, Right. The the problem was out of the blue. Um, We never... That could have been in our heads. That's the only time she ever used the Force. And it's to navigate through uh, the vacuum of space. So not only did she make herself, like, propel towards a ship, 
but she also maintained her breathing. Her lungs lungs didn't collapse or explode, and she didn't freeze and die when I think it's something like you got like 40 seconds um, of life in you to last if you go out into the cold of space. <clears throat> uh, but anyway, and then she flew towards a ship, and then when the door opened, it did not cause an explosion because if you have oxygen exposed to space, it goes boom. Um, so I didn't like that. I thought that was kind of dumb. I don't know. Poe really loves Leia, but we never really see them <clears throat> engage at all. I mean, we see her slap him. We could tell there's a history, but I would have loved to see more. Um, because that would help explain why Poe really wants that uh, position of leadership. Because he wants to be like his uh, role model, Princess Leia. General Leia. Uh, it's a little bit about Leia. We'll, we'll probably get back into it. Uh, next, we're going to talk about the Resistance, number six. So the Resistance seems to be disconnected from the Rebel Alliance. And also, um, it doesn't seem to be like a major army like the Rebels were. They, We don't know what their funding comes from. I mean, obviously, General Leia is the leader of this band but we see at the beginning of force awakens that their their main resource of uh funding or financial support came from uh that republic planet that was destroyed by the star killer base so at this point they should kind of their their troop their troopers their soldiers without a country and I'm also a little confused on what their goal is. It was obviously in the first one to destroy the First Order, and in order to do that, they thought that they needed Luke Skywalker. So their main objective was to find Luke Skywalker. They found him, and yet they they still don't have like a... What is destroying the First Order going to do for them uh, for their main objective whatever that is which we don't really know if the first order rose from the ashes of the empire oh sorry guys that some car just zoomed by um what i'm saying is i i just don't understand the financial backing and uh, they're also they seem to be uh, like a, uh, what's the word? Like an, an A team. Uh, they're kind of like, they're a part of some, they're, they're fighting for something, but they're not necessarily a part of it. And at the end of the last Jedi, we see like, there's like 12 people involved now. Um, and also I'm just so confused because everyone from the original trilogy, which this follows, should be a part of it, but it also seems to not be related to the Rebel Alliance at all. So, basically what I'm saying is, after the fall of the Empire, the Rebel Alliance uh, kind of became the uh, inf law enforcers of the New Republic, but now that that's destroyed, um, what what are they what do they fight for you know i mean if i feel like this takes place in a whole another part of this universe and it's a really really small fight and it's not that that big of a deal because the first order seems really small a really small organization and so does the resistance um i'm just having trouble figuring out figuring out what both sides goals are uh, i think that could be explained a little better um but so like this movie it's it's all intercut like there's so many there's like seven major stories going on right and they all intercut in real time so it's just there's so much going on in this movie it's hard to it's hard to just imagine that it's like a 
this whole movie is like a side mission. It doesn't feel like a big major event. Everything seems so small and kind of pointless and like a just a little side mission for all these C-list characters. Like I feel like we're not connecting with anybody the way we should in the second installment of a trilogy. That's just my opinion. I think there's way too much going on with not enough explanation or justification or execution properly for most of these characters and or uh, characters too, such as like the Force. I consider that a character. Um, it, we really learn nothing new about the Force or how they're going to manipulate it and use it as a uh, weaponizing it or using it to uh, just just move on or adapt. It's we just re. It was like paraphrased everything we already know from. The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Um, at least with the prequels, we got so much more lore and abilities and ways to weaponize it, ways to meditate with it, ways to grow um, education. Uh, and this one, it's it's kind of a background character, the Force. And I think the Force should be in the forefront. And the the thing that is what this entire thing is about similar to how religion is what everything is about in some of our cultures here in uh, the real world. And the force should kind of be what everything all comes back to in this universe. And I'm going to move on to my last point, which is Ray. Um, force awaken came out. I loved Ray. She's, she was my favorite character. Um, I would do anything for her. <laughs> and I was always excited to see her on screen. I thought she was a badass. I thought she was very interesting. She was very mysterious, and I wanted to learn more about her. And I wanted to learn about where she came from, where she wants to go, what her purpose is, her goals, you know. And um, all of that was set up beautifully in The Force Awakens. However... I believe she was a wasted character in The Last Jedi, similar to Finn, Poe, everybody, Leia. Um, she was set up... At, she was the main character of The Force Awakens. This whole, It was all about Rey. And then we move on to The Last Jedi, and she's no longer a main character. I don't care how you look at it. She, she's not the main character. She has barely any dialogue. She, we learn out... We, we figure out nothing more about her. And if we do, it's told that She's nothing. She's from nobody. She's from nowhere, which I could, I could accept that, but I I need some justification. You know, if you're going to tell me that her parents don't matter, that's fine. Tell me where she's from or why she was on Jakku. We just need some sort of answer, you know, and because that's that's what she's looking for. That's her goal in this. She could honestly care less about destroying the First Order or anything like that. I don't see why she would want to. It doesn't, you know, firsthand affect her. Her main goal is to figure out who she is, where she came from, what she wants to do with her life. And she got off of Jakku, and she accepted that whoever she was waiting for isn't going to come back. So now she's got to figure out who she is. And I think part of that was going to Luke and... Maybe I'm supposed to be a Jedi, but they didn't really address that. She kind of just did it because it was like they never even explained why she wanted to become a Jedi. Um, I think they touched on that the Force awoke inside of her, but it's always been there. But now it's she, they're treating it as if she has to use it because it's there, and I, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. Um, but I would be fine if her parents were nobody. But I, I still don't think that. Even people like John Williams don't think that. Um, it's just really hard to accept because of that setup we had. And now that in Episode Nine trailer we see the same ship that dropped her off on Jakku's back, we might get some answers to that. And a lot of people are going to think that The Last Jedi is going to make more sense and be more enjoyable to watch after Episode Nine because how J.J. is going to weave it. You know, maybe uh, in learning that they were a nobody is a pivotal moment to figure out who they really are in episode nine. But I'm not going to buy into that crap because there was there there was no plan for these movies. It's just it's so obvious. And 
it's understandable. Uh, if you think about the history of the acquisition of Star Wars, you know, they um, put all their time, money, effort into that, that episode seven. And uh, because it had to be the best one, they kind of just forgot about where we're going to go. Similar to how Marvel, when they started Iron Man, they put all that focus into that. But you know what? They didn't just jump into this huge universe. They took it step by step. They went again with Iron Man 2. And uh, even though it wasn't that good, it was a little rushed, they could tell, but they didn't just jump straight into Endgame. They took 10 years. And it doesn't hurt to take your time with Star Wars. I mean, the original trilogy took 10 years. The prequel trilogy took 10 years, and now we're only taking six years to put all these movies together. Um, I understand technology moves faster now and things like that, but we need time for the creativity and the uh, the things like that. A lot, a lot of people are, these filmmakers are trying to disconnect themselves from the old universe but and trying to create new things, which is fine, but you have to reference your source material or else you're just going to throw everybody off, you know? I mean, they want to. They want. They made Luke Skywalker the main character, the Last Jedi. Yet they keep telling everyone to move away from the past and get over it and focus on Rey and Poe and Finn. I'm totally down to do that, but just put your effort into that. Make them good characters. Make me. Make me invested. You know, get me emotionally attached. I just don't. I just don't understand what they're doing. I don't see the plan. I think Episode Nine will be great, but I think it's going to be a completely different movie from <laughs> The Last Jedi and also The Force Awakens. Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker, has to be an individual movie and stand alone as a beginning, middle, and end movie. It cannot wrap up The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. It's just, it just won't make any sense. I just don't see how it'll happen. Similar to how the Revenge of the Sith is acts that way. You can see it as a beginning, middle, end movie. It does, you don't really need Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones. There's enough references to understand. I think that's what The Rise of Skywalker will be. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm not going to talk much more about The Last Jedi in future podcasts. If I do, it'll be in reference or in um, deep analysis or through the music or something. But I just kind of wanted to do this for myself, get it out there, and share my thoughts. I I hope you guys, you know, weren't offended or anything by what I had to say. I, I, I really do appreciate those that like the movie and I'm glad you do. I really, I really am. I, um, I really wish I could. I, I, I just can't bring myself to watch it again, uh, because there's not a single thing in it that I like. And it's really, it hurts me to say, but um, I have accepted it as canon. It's and part of this story. Um, doesn't mean I have to like it, but I'm excited to where they're going to take it. I do not think Ryan Johnson should have a full Star Wars trilogy to himself. I don't care if it's not about the Force or the Skywalkers. He doesn't belong in this playground of characters or this universe. He, he just doesn't. I mean, he says himself, he's a terrible writer and I don't think he's that great of a director either. I don't believe he directors work with actors and I don't believe he knows how to pull the best performances out of an actor. It shows in the last Jedi. I take a look at Ray sticking with number my seventh point here. Ray had amazing range in, in the force awakens. We really got deep into her, into her feels and we could really connect. And I, I'm always brought back to the line in the last Jedi when she, when she was, Luke's just like, what are you doing here? And she's just like, Luke Skywalker, we need you to come help the resistance so we can fight off. So we can kill Kylo Ren and then we can win the war. It's like, that was the most wooden take of dialogue from her that I've ever seen. And the only other time, other times where she shows any sort of range, is when she's like yelling, or she's uh, Snoke's holding her up in the air, and she's like being you know force uh, choked or whatever her whole body. And I just, I'm, and it's not, it's not Daisy Ridley's fault. She's an amazing actress, and I love her for it. I just, it's the writing and the the direction and the performance that he wanted to get out of these characters. It was 
Um, another example is Laura Dern. I think she's amazing and a very strong actor. And um, her performance in this was just bad. It, the, it, all the performances really were awkward. The, all the characters changed. Um, like their their views, their ideology, their their physical uh, uh, performances, the their goals. It was all just so different, and it just felt like a, it didn't feel like Star Wars. It didn't feel like a sequel, and it doesn't work for me as just a movie in general. I don't hate it because it wasn't what I wanted to see in Star Wars. I dislike it because it was a bad movie. It was made and crafted poorly. And it's I, I, I do directly blame Ryan Johnson first, then Kathleen Kennedy. While I think Kathleen Kennedy is a amazing world class, you know, top tier producer, um she she doesn't understand Star Wars and she wasn't really involved with the creative process and because she doesn't know it so she thinks all these ideas are good ideas which is a bad decision on her part um the last thing i'll say is uh sorry i went went on a little bit of a rant there but anyway some episodes to look forward to in the future are i'm gonna do a science of star wars episode i'm gonna do a um ultimate guide to the philosophy of star wars i'm going to do strategy strikes back which is about military and army tactics in um star wars i'm also going to do an episode um all about george lucas who had a birthday a couple days ago happy birthday big dog we uh, appreciate everything you brought us and guys share with me your comments what did you think of the last jedi what's your problems with it, or what's some things that you loved about it. I'm excited to hear your thoughts. So, thank you so much, guys, for listening. May the Force be with you. And this is Han, signing off.